Our readings this morning come from Matthew and Micah. Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those whose hunger and thirst for righteousness, for those will be fulfilled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And from Micah, chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. With what shall I come before the Lord, and how myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings and calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with tens of thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of God for the people of God. No poem today, my friends. Um, my state of mind took me to Henry Nouwen. So this is from his book, The Inner Voice of Love, A Journey Through Anguish to Freedom. And this is entitled, Stay United with the Larger Body. Your own growth cannot take place without growth in others. You are part of a body. When you change, the whole body changes. It's very important for you to remain deeply connected with the larger community to which you belong. It's also important that those who belong to the body of which you are a part keep faith in your journey. You still have a way to go. There are times when your friends are puzzled or even disillusioned by what is happening to you. At certain moments, things may seem more difficult for you than before. They may look worse than when you began. You still have to continue to grow, and that might not happen without a lot of new distress and fear. Through all of this, it's important for you to stay united with the larger body and know that your journey is not just for yourself, but for all who belong to the body. Think about Jesus. He made his journey and asked his disciples to follow him even where they would rather not go. 
the journey you are choosing is Jesus' journey. And whether or not you are fully aware of it, you're also asking your brothers and sisters to follow you. Somewhere you already know that what you are living now will not leave other members of the community untouched. Your choices also call your friends to make new choices. I had the pleasure of finding out that Jim Batten happens to love Henry Nowen as much as I do. And so we have another place where we can talk about things that are really important. But when I was talking to my daughter yesterday, she said, I'm really sorry, Mom, that I put your name forward. And she said, I'm really sorry that it's going to be the whole soccer club that you'll have to talk to. She said, it's going to be a lot of people. And I said, Alice, I'm in the habit of talking to a lot of people. And that doesn't frighten me one bit. She said, but it's going to be horrible. And I said, that's why I know that I'm surrounded by people who will support me, and I know that God has my back. She said, I wish I had your faith, Mommy. She hasn't called me Mommy in a hundred years. And I said, you will have that faith when you acknowledge it. You will know when you recognize it in your kids. I sent a text to Emily after Alice told me that she had told her what had happened to Ava. And she didn't respond to me. And I was worried, because Emily always responds. So when I talked to Alice yesterday, I said, why didn't Emily get back to me? And she says, oh. She went with her best friend, Brooklyn, to a church camp teenager's retreat, and they collect their phones at the door. And I said, that's good. I'm glad she's there. I'm glad she's surrounded by people who will hold her in prayer. And she said, well, I told her she didn't have to go. And Emily said, that's where I need to be. As sad as I am, and as much as I do not understand, I know that what these kids are going through is way more important than anything that you've got on your hearts right now. They're dealing with something that is senseless, something that is stupid, and I don't like that word. I was informed when my children were very little that stupid is a naughty word. My daughter works with the mentally ill, and she said, I'm going to write to the governor. And I said to her, you would have much better luck, Alice, if you drove to Albany and camped outside her door. And she said, hmm, maybe. 
she's, something has to be done about who listens to the mentally ill cry out. That's a new noise. <laughs> the father of Ava either sent a text message or left a message for his estranged wife. This is how it ends for us on Thursday night. That's a cry. That's a cry for help. Somebody should have responded. What does God think of us as a people who claim to be followers of Jesus when we can ignore an entire population? What does God think of us when we send armed policemen to break up a homeless tent encampment? What does God think of us when we think that our problems are more important than feeding the hungry, being kind to one another, when we think it's more important for us to take care of ourselves before we see other people, we're in trouble, folks. In one of my text messages to my daughter, I said, we are circling the drain. She said, what do we do? How do we change it? And I said, we start to take God seriously. God's last name is not, damn it. Stop it. Just stop it. Listen to what the scripture tells us. What's important? What is important? I wrote the article for the E-Weekly about the three simple rules before I even knew anything about Ava. The three simple rules echo Micah's what does the Lord require of me. We've gotten it from scripture, we've gotten it from our founder, John Wesley, and we still say, I got a better idea, we can ignore everybody. We can stay in our warm homes and not worry. What does God really want from us? A big bank account? A fancy car? A beautiful sanctuary? Do you really think God cares where we worship? Do you really think that's important? I thought we might have learned something during COVID that we would find out that our buildings are not the most important thing. It's where our hearts are. And I don't think we have learned that yet. It's so easy to be comfortable. Henry Nouwen said, as we continue to grow, you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to be a little bit you know, it's not going to feel quite right. It's like a pair of shoes that are like half a size too small. 
or for those of us who like candy. It has to do with pants that are just a little bit too small. Nope, that's a, that's a no. So we need to rethink how we function as a Christian community. Are we going to allow the culture to tell us that how we look is better than what we do? Are we going to be driven by what the culture says is okay? Are we going to start reaching out to the people that really, really, really need to hear the word of God? To tell the people who are feeling disenfranchised that don't belong anywhere that this is a place for you. We have room for you, not just in our building, but we have room for you in our hearts. What is it going to take? How many people have to die before we say, maybe we need to do something with guns? Now, a lot of you know that I shared a story last week with a lot of you that my granddaughter, Emily, shot a porcupine in her yard because her dog was playing with it. So she used a gun to do something to save her dog. But she doesn't take her gun to school, and she lives in the country where everybody has a gun, and she knows how to use it. Does that frighten me? Sometimes. But my question for her was, why was that gun loaded, Emily? because Daddy's really, really careful about not leaving a loaded gun around. And she said to me, I'm surprised, but the gun had been a Christmas present, and there was something wrong with something, so Scott took it to the place to have it repaired. And when the gun came back from being repaired, it was loaded, and he forgot to check it. Emily was on her way to go get ammunition that she would have to hunt for when she said, this gun's loaded. So she shot the porcupine. I could feel bad for the porcupine, but I don't. But we have guns in the hands of all kinds of people who shouldn't be having guns. We've created technology where you can print a gun on a 3D printer. Why is that important? Why do we need to have everybody and their grandfather having a gun? Why do we not take guns away from people who have displayed some form of mental illness? I know there's people who say, it's my right to be armed. But, not if you're going to use that gun to shoot up a school, to shoot your 14-year-old daughter while she sleeps, 
we need to start standing up for what we really believe is right in this world. Not just having a talk over a cup of coffee, but to really do something. We need to become activists, and I know that's a naughty word in church too. But my friends, if we don't do it, who will? And if we don't care, why are we here? And if we think that somebody else is going to step up instead of us, we are wrong. God wants us to step up for what is right. God wants us to be kind, not just to our select group, but to everyone. God wants us to love one another the way God loves us. And we have fallen short. Amen.